SAI, DAI, and Spotify. That's what we're talking about this week on Sounds Profitable with me, Brian Barletta. This episode is sponsored by Claritas. Check out their recent The Marketing Insider podcast and learn how to use current trends such as industry-specific lift success and CPM comparisons in podcasting to increase advertiser adoption. You can find out more at claritas.com. I know that you're listening to Sounds Profitable because podcast ad tech is important to you, but it's important to me that you are kept up to date on the latest news from the entire podcast industry. To help with that, Here's what happened last week, no matter when you're listening, from James Cridlin at Pod News. A few months back, Spotify purchased Megaphone. Now, there have been major acquisitions since, and there were major acquisitions before. And as with all of them, the sky was suddenly falling for a ton of outspoken people in the podcast industry. I wrote an article trying to quell that fear a bit called, no, the Spotify and Megaphone deal won't put an end to podcasting. It's linked in the description. In that article, I mentioned the work of Nick Hilton and his article about Spotify, the lesser Spotify pick. He was kind enough to come on the show and we got to talking about our different views on the world Spotify is bringing about. I worked at Megaphone, so full disclosure there. I left before the deal, so I left in August of 2020. Um, And it was really important to me to kind of provide my view on it and highlight some of the other people in the space that were talking about it. And I called out Jay Richmond of Spotify, uh, Nick Kwa of Hot Pod, and Ashley Carmen of The Verge with their views on it. But specifically, Nick, I really liked... First off, your your lesser Spotified pig, uh, <laughs> drawing up how to butcher a pig as Spotify and all the different parts of it. But I wanted to dig in because you had some really interesting points of view coming from a little bit of a different angle. Now, everything I do is ad tech focused, right? A lot of what I'm doing is about the people who are already in the space, already working with these tools, trying to improve uh, their skill and set uh, to become decision makers or their decision makers and become better informed. And it's very easy for me to forget about the people who are trying to enter the space from the creative side or the production side mm-hmm. or the people that that are starting off without getting a paycheck from it. So why don't we dig in a little bit and if you can kind of sum up your view on, on Spotify buying Megaphone, maybe we can walk through that and like who your view was for. Right. Okay. So I would self-identify as a sort of mouthy pessimist um, in this space. Because I think there are a lot of people who evangelize for podcasts and podcasting and feel like it's going to be the next big thing. So, you know, we hear that every month for the last 15 years. And I've sort of always been a little bit more depressive uh, and someone who feels like there is a carnivorous appetite within certain big conglomerates and corporations to take away kind of the magic that is podcasting or or the, the dream that was podcasting, as I often say. So with with Spotify, I sort of saw last year and the year before, which I guess were two big years for Spotify in terms of acquisitions, in terms of kind of stamping its authority on the market, flexing its venture capital money. And and any time that a company that comes in that doesn't make money itself, but just has loads of venture capital money comes in and starts, you know, buying up 
production companies and ad tech and you know all the things that Spotify has done, it kind of raises um, you know my defensiveness a little bit because I sort of think you know what has Spotify done to kind of earn this, um, and I don't really I think where maybe we differ uh, on this is that I sort of think that however promising elements of this are in terms of the ad tech and you're the expert on the ad tech and you're you know you know what megaphone can do what it's capable of however promising that is i look at the impact that spotify has had on the music industry and i would look at the impact that youtube has had on video creators and the way that revenue is dispersed from those things and you know i think that's sort of best case scenario for podcasting and it's pretty terrible um and that's why I struggle to be like, this is a really exciting thing that Spotify now has this kind of complete pathway from, you know, a- allowing people to create with Anchor through to distribution on Spotify, through the all the ad insertion, the dynamic ad insertion technologies that they have and, and Megaphone and stuff like that. So that was kind of my sceptical take was that I just don't see Spotify as a benevolent force in this space. And I think that it's just typical of a kind of very gradual erosion of the things that made podcasting so exciting, which is the fact that people in their garage could make something that would be listened to by hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Yeah, you know, honestly, I agree with you on a lot of your points. I mean, I think the thing to keep in mind is that with ad tech as an industry, like I like it because there's so many people being employed by all this, right? There's so many people able to do this. I'm not creative, right? I'm making a podcast here because I'm talking about podcasting. I want to make sure the tech works exactly how I say I want to provide live examples. And I kind of want to step up, right? That's neat. But on my own, I'm not creative. But to me, like, it's nice being a right-hand man. It's nice being a guy who works at a company that helps people monetize and helps people set up and take advantage of things, right? Being able to host their podcast, being able to do cool things with it. So, like, I forget sometimes the differences in worldviews. And and I think you're you're spot on mm. with your examples. But the one thing that I want to call out is I, I super agree that creators on YouTube, creators on Spotify for music are really treated poorly. Like I have a friend who was just like, yeah, all the last year I made $300 for royalties for music on Spotify. And that mm. that's not, you know, a little bit less and that might not be enough for Spotify to cut a check for a year. And I think the thing to think about is that with podcasting, right, the open RSS format, anybody can build an app. Anybody can build that environment. It can always be available. That basement or that garage mindset of sitting there and recording with your pals and putting it out to the world, it can be available to anyone. I can't right now do an equivalent for video, right? I can't make a video. And I know that there's a bunch of different apps out there that are going to catch it and make it available. I can't do the same for music. I mean, heck, there's a lot of regulation on what you can do related to music with podcasting, it seems. Like, it, it, it apparently, like, I can't just put my whole album on a podcast because you get into some rights issues, it feels like. So with, I think you're talking about very valid things and very clear uh, limitations, but I think that podcasting, the uniqueness and that limitation of RSS that people keep like riling on is the thing that's going to keep the part that you love alive because Spotify will continue to make Spotify audio stuff. They just released their audio books, right? To, to combat 
audible, I guess, by going for the the ones that don't have licensing that they don't have to pay, which is kind of gross to start there. But I, I don't know. I What do you think about that? What do you think about the fact that like, I can't do this with video, I can't make a video available in an RSS feed in the same way and have the same type of adoption I could with podcasting? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely right. And, and I don't doubt that the you know, the the move of Spotify to become a bigger player in, in this market will only expose more people to podcasts. And in, in the last, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I had a podcast that got featured somehow mysteriously on Spotify. And, you know, the switch from it being 70% iTunes to it being 80% Spotify was, you know, was just happened kind of overnight. And, and that shows me that, you know, it is bringing new audiences, it is capable of actually becoming a relatively dominant player but you know going back to what you're saying about your friend cutting a check for three hundred dollars from from its music and you know spotify is a music distribution company and it cannot in its current business model it cannot make money because of the rights issue and that's so if i think someone said something like for every five dollars that spotify brings in it has to give off three dollars 75 in in rights so it's never going to make a profit under its current music agreement so the idea that even those paltry um, sums that musicians are making on Spotify, podcasters are going to make. No, I mean, Spotify is getting into podcasting because it's a way that they can gouge money without having to pay creators. Music has all these rights issues. Spotify, podcasting is hamstrung in a way by its open RSS stuff that it's, you know, that we're never going to come to a point where Spotify has to pay everyone who gets streamed on Spotify. That's not going to happen under the current podcast um, format so you know they see it as a i think they see it as a way of getting a cheaper amount of content onto their platform that doesn't feel promising to me from creators perspective and then you know as spotify have done more originals and spot you know yeah you talk about these these audiobooks which again they're kind of categorizing under podcast at the moment um you know it's a curation thing and it's and we're seeing i think We'll see over the, this year what happens with Apple, but certainly we've seen it with you know Audible and and increasingly the barriers to entry are you know what Spotify and what Apple and what Audible and you know the other apps in this space, even excluding paywalled stuff like Luminary, what they're choosing to put forward. So I think they're you know again the focus on their own content I think will only grow, and and I don't think that is to the a good thing, a net positive for the for the whole ecosystem. I agree that the approach that Spotify is taking on a lot of things isn't great. I just feel like that same artistic and interesting view that you have for like what makes it unique and indie about podcasting that anybody can make it and anybody can distribute it. And that, that RSS feed is, is going to be kind of what saves it, right? Because there are there are so many options out there and Spotify is trying to diversify too far. They want to just be audio everything. And like you say, they're trying to pay less in royalties. So that's why they're doing audiobooks. That's why they're buying content creation. That's why they're pulling in podcasts so that they can say, well, less time is being listened to music. So we're going to pay you less. That's, that's an important distinction. One thing that like you brought up with Apple, and obviously we're recording this several months before this is going to go live, uh, because I like a strong back catalog, mm. apparently. The rumor is, is that people are going to be able to list their podcasts up there for, for purchase on a per episode or per season basis, um, or even a subscription. That seems like the type of thing that can take the wind completely out of Spotify, right? Like, 
Apple, Amazon, and Google have all proven the App Store model. And all three of them have also proven that model for buying TV shows or movies. So if they just apply that to podcasting and people can list that up there, I mean, Spotify either has to compete with that or people are just going to stop listing their content on Spotify outside of the free stuff they want to drive to their paid content. If I can put up a season at $5 or $10 or whatnot, like that's, that's really compelling. I'm taking advantage of their app store. I'm taking advantage of their distribution already uh, and I'm selling a product. So they're motivated to push it out there because obviously they're going to take a cut. What do you think about that? Gosh, it's kind of a, almost a different conversation, but I am extremely skeptical about the ability of Apple to sell podcasts now. I think it's very hard to sell a product that you've been giving away for free for 15 years. I think with TV and with movies and with apps, there's just always been an expectation that in order to consume these products, you have to pay something for them. And because podcasting has become a really, you know, mainstream medium on the back of being free, and even with, you know, I guess early pioneers in this space like Slate Plus, you know, it was always like an additional content. You still had to give the product away for free and then you could maybe tease a little bit out. And Patreon is doing that, I guess, at the moment. Again, it's a good format for additional content. But in terms of the number of shows that I think would actually gain financially from essentially paywalling their entire product from step one and excluding it from platforms that were open um i just i just think there's very probably very few podcasts that that would be beneficial to so it will be interesting to see kind of how it happens um and i know that a lot of people you know when i work in journalism when i work in magazines and newspapers people always say the mindset people's mindset is changing because of netflix because of amazon and people are just used to paying for start stuff signing a subscription or just you know doing the thumbprint on their phone and and, and making that little payment um and i can understand that the log the logic of that but if you told me tomorrow you know what's a podcast that i listen to every week no such thing as a fish if i suddenly had to pay you know 10 pounds a year for that i would pr i probably would do it but i would have kind of one or two second thoughts about it and you know probably three quarters of their listenership wouldn't do it um and they'd you know so it's a you know it's it's a balance i don't think it would drink spotify's milkshake straight away what a good podcast to reference though that's probably one of the first podcasts that i listened to no such thing as a fish so good it's a, it's a podcast i would love to know how much money they make because they should be making an absolute fortune from that yeah and i sort of suspect they're not I, um, I i i super agree with you i get the strong feeling that they're definitely not making as much as as people like me and you would would hope they were but I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, you can't put it immediately behind a paywall. You can't move it away completely behind the free aspect. But if you take advantage of that app store, these subscription services like Patreon, Supercast, and Memberful kind of have an uphill battle, right? They have to... Uh, the, the, you know, the thing is, with those ones, you're teasing them. I mean, how do you... You tease them with the free content and then you add, add something a little bit extra. But something like Luminary has... I mean, I think it has... I think we can say now it's probably failed because it's try to sell a product that people were getting for free is that not what's the what's the difference between that and kind of what apple plus is mooting yeah i think there's a way to to migrate into it i mean i this is where i deviate i'm not the content guy i'm the tech guy and so i think you're you're right that you can't we can't just immediately flip a switch and it's all behind a paywall but i think it's options 
right? It's, I think it can be a transition. We're seeing a lot of mm. things with newsletters, right? Similar content that was just available and you could see ads on a website and now people are doing it through newsletters and you have to pay for it. But a lot of the times there's a free version and then a paid version. Some of them just have a paid version. But the thing I really like wanted to focus on with all this is that just like with creating YouTube content or a website or being famous on social media or on Twitch streaming, not everybody is going to make it. You know, we mm. don't complain about the New York Times versus a blog. We, I do. Yeah, well, I mean, look, maybe you get better content over there, but, you know, we, we don't compare them. How's that? We don't, we don't sure. worry about how many blogs there are and in, in how many websites are making money off of things like that. We don't, we don't compare how news stations are making money versus YouTube celebrities. And I think the problem is, is we're comparing all the podcasting, which is this open format with a lot of ways to go about it selling individual content, putting it behind a membership-based paywall, allowing it completely free and doing ad-supported, doing it completely free in hopes of it becoming something else. And we're comparing this format, and then people are talking about YouTube. People are talking about other closed formats that are exclusive. Like when you make a video, yeah, you can put it everywhere, but YouTube is going to be where you get the distribution. There's no, I can't put a video up and make it accessible for everybody. I can't, I, I guess I could put my, like I, uh, even a website content, right? A newsletter or whatever, I can't put it up and make it accessible to everyone. They have to go seek it out. There's no catcher or aggregator for these things. Podcasting is different in that there's so many aggregators out there and it's so easily available. If a friend said to me like, I wanna get into podcasting and I wanna make it my career and they weren't ready to invest in it, I would kind of roll my eyes, but it would be a- Yeah, but that's, I mean, that, I, what I would say is that, you know, every year we get more and more podcasts. We've, you know, we've hit a million podcasts. We're now way over that. And the more podcasts you get in the soup, the more important the curation at the distribution end becomes. I mean, Spotify has, I don't know what, a 20, 30% market share of plays optimistically. And Apple has, you know, 60, 70%. You know, those guys have an incredible amount of power to filter the soup that is podcasting. And, you know, uh, it, that's fine when Apple has had no skin in the content game. The more they get skin in the content game, the more that they have other priorities in terms of filtering that suit. So for me, it's almost a curation issue in that they, the the distributors are becoming ever, ever more content creators. And, you know, that creates a sort of I I inherent to their business model is they have to privilege their own content in the distribution. Um, and that just changes the whole ethos of podcasting from something that was you know this open and you know anyone could do it and it you know you never knew what was going to go viral and what was not going to work um to something which is is much more you know end-to-end -end. yeah that's real that's bias on that end right there's no reason why spotify and apple can't have sections on their app that are specific content owned or run by them same with amazon and that gives those shows an unfair advantage. There's a limited amount of time that people are listening each day and week. And so if they're pumping it to the top, people are going to look at that over other shows, which then get less downloads and that's ad revenue, have less ability to convert people to subscribers. And so for content creation outside of Spotify and Apple and Amazon and Google, you're right. That's, that's a little bit scary there. And I think that what they're going to try and do is entice people over with if they buy into whatever their hosting is or they participate there, then they'll run ads for them. And if they're running ads for them, then they're motivated 
to boost them up. You know, what, mm. what is the difference between a Spotify owned show and a Spotify show where they gain revenue from? Why wouldn't they want to see if they can boost shows that they didn't have to pay for the content production for, and they just get a flat percentage of the revenue so they can evaluate selling off content companies or stopping the investment there. Yeah. And I, I can certainly say that over here in the UK, Spotify is very patchily investing in shows and very patchily giving any upfront cash to productions. But what they are doing is signing a lot of, you know, agreements that the full series will drop on Spotify, although it will be there will be a Spotify exclusivity period for a certain time in return, either for, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know what will happen ultimately with that. But at the moment, in return for, you know, placement on their on their profile and, you know, being a featured podcast. And so, you know, even those even podcasts that aren't Spotify originals, um, it's still a kind of there's still a kind of uneven um, element to the curation. So, uh, look, all of this with Spotify, I'm just with a degree of hesitation about a company like Spotify and kind of what their end goals mean for podcasting, I guess. No, and that's good. And that's I mean, that's a great way to like to kind of set up the ending of this is that. I look at this like the Boston Dynamic Robots. Like, I'm excited. That's cool technology. They can now dance and they do all these different things. And you're the guy over there that's just like, yeah, but that means that robots can kill us now. Uh, you're the, yeah. you're the, you have a healthy skepticism from that. And that's good. I mean, I don't, I'm not here to sell my point of view. I'm here to share my opinions on a lot of things. So that's why I try and highlight people like yourself who have disagreeing opinions because everybody should be making their own informed judgments. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Apple could take a turn that unseats Spotify even further. Spotify could do something that pulls everybody over to them. Um, everybody could agree to change the RSS feed together. All the hosting partners and all the apps could come together and say, let's let's do something different and really blow my mind on that end. But we just don't know. And, and the more informed we can all be on all opinions on this space, honestly, kind of the better it is. Yeah, I always try and represent the little person in, in this process because, you know, we hear a lot about these kind of tectonic movements of Spotify and, you know, the really successful podcasts will, you know, get a news feature when, you know, when Joe Rogan is bought up or when, you know, Gimlet is bought up or whatever. But there's just so such a huge community in podcasting that kind of exists just below all the kind of all these movements. And, and I just kind of want to make sure that continues to be healthy and continues to be um, sustainable and gets its due in terms of when there is money in podcasting and i you know there needs to be more money to begin with there needs to be there needs to be more routes for it to come in either through subscription or through advertising then when, once there is more money that it's trickling down and it's cultivating that and it's kind of cherishing it, the kind of heritage of podcasting as this countercultural medium and I think that that's just a, I worry that Spotify doesn't feel a sense of responsibility, hasn't shown a sense of responsibility to musicians, won't show a sense of responsibility to podcasters. And that's what makes me kind of nervous. That's that's a really valid fear. And I hope you keep speaking about it. And I hope people can find, you know, guidance and suggestions on how to move forward cautiously from you on that end. And then hopefully apply some of the ad tech principles on my end on the way. And I'm sure that by the time this episode goes live, half this information is going to be out of date because <laughs> of how fast things move. So, but Nick, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm going to give you a lot of bobbies. We already talked about it, but what's your your favorite podcast? Oh, my favorite podcast ever, or just recently? Sorry, this is 
Oh, I, I'll take anything that's not like a top 100 list. I love no such thing as a fish, and I feel like not enough people talk about it. So I was, I was leading you that way, but I'll take anything. Okay, no, no, let's go for let's go for no such thing as a fish because I. I actually started listening to No Such Things as Fish because I met one of them at a party and he said, oh, I do this podcast and I hadn't heard of it. And even though at that time it was probably one of the 10 biggest podcasts in the country. And then I just started out of politeness listening to it and I've been listening to it ever since. And it is consistently of really stunning quality. It could be on radio, it could be on TV, but the podcast format, they use it so well to be kind of loose and limber and and do their own thing. And, and I have to say the consistency hasn't dropped at all in the time that they've been out of the office and working from home it works whether they're all in person in Covent Garden it works if they're doing a live show and it works work from home so if you haven't listened to it it's funny it's clever it's I mean it 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 describes itself in within minutes um, of listening so I think everyone should get on the bandwagon if they're not already yeah I hope people check it out I really enjoy the show as well and I gotta catch up on it but Nick thank you so much for joining me my pleasure. Thanks for listening to Sounds Profitable on your favorite podcast app. I appreciate you checking out my latest episode and hope you'll consider subscribing. And stick around for some special bonus content at the end of the episode. I've teamed up with Terra to give you a minute-long strategic thought that is guaranteed to shift your perspective on the present and future of podcasting as we all work to make podcasting better. Thanks to Nick Hilton for coming on to help expand on my article. No, the Spotify and Megaphone deal won't put an end to podcasting. If you liked what you heard and want to connect, you can find me, Brian Barletta, on LinkedIn, way less formally on Twitter as High Five RPG. And of course, you can email me, brian at soundsprofitable.com. We'd love to hear your responses to the questions we're asking or questions you may have for us. So click on the Yappa link in the description and leave us a voice message, which we'll gladly respond to and include in our podcast with your permission. The Sounds Profitable podcast and all cool ad tech bells and whistles you've experienced were thanks to our host and sponsor, Wooshka. Everything you've heard since the conversation ended was uniquely created to target you using their dynamic ad insertion features. If any of the callouts were wrong, let us know. Depending on how you're listening, there were over 10 opportunities to hear dynamically inserted content and ads in this episode. While we continue to tweak and innovate our setup, some of the breaks may be more noticeable than others. Thank you for bearing with us and please send over your feedback. The Sounds Profitable podcast would not be possible without the help and support of Evo Terra, James Cridlin, Ian Powell, and Sam Mars. Thank you all for your help and support. 